a recent burst in demand for consumer goods is putting pressure on already strained global supply chains. As indicated by writers Paul Hannon and Gwyn Guilford, recent disruptions, including a recent blockage of the Suez Canal, are poised to worsen shortages and push prices higher. In other words, you can consider inflation as one of the significant economic risks you and your family face going forward. To date, shortages of materials have been most apparent in the auto industry, where manufacturers have been cutting back production in response to limited supplies of semiconductors. The Federal Reserve anticipates that the U.S. economy will recover more quickly later this year than previously projected. With supply chains already unable to meet demand in many categories, the expectation is that factories simply won't be able to keep up, leading to widespread shortages of certain items. Surveys indicate that the world's manufacturers are already reporting longer delivery times for raw materials. They also see input prices rising sharply. There are also indications of shortages squeezing factories in America, with output rising at its slowest pace in five months recently, in part because of a lack of raw materials. Meanwhile, new orders rose at their fastest pace in nearly seven years. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Investors and others are obsessed with where inflation is heading. Normally, people can rely upon inflation measures to judge what's happening. But as indicated by Bloomberg, the pandemic has created major headaches for the people responsible for determining the rate of inflation. These researchers face two fundamental challenges. First, metrics like the consumer price index are based on a basket of things that Americans typically spent their money on in the past. But during the pandemic, what and how much we purchased have shifted. Our spending on entertainment and recreation fell 71% last April. Our spending on restaurants and hotels fell 62%, and complete recovery in these categories remains elusive. Meanwhile, our spending on the category that includes alcoholic beverages went up 12% last April. Second, the standard method by which to compile inflation numbers is to visit stores and check their asking prices. But researchers have suffered difficulty doing that during the lockdown, leaving holes in the data. What's more, a lot of shopping has shifted online, where prices are subject to rapid change. This renders measurement even more difficult. So if inflation becomes more of a problem later this year, we might not even realize it. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The U.S. is experiencing its biggest housing boom in decades, with a surge of people moving into suburbs helping to push home values higher. But there is at least one nation in which home prices are rising even faster than in America, Canada. As indicated by writer Paul Vieira, just like in the U.S., U.K., Australia, and elsewhere, Canada is experiencing a housing craze fed by the lingering pandemic, demand for more space, low interest rates, and demographics, with those feisty young millennials at last coming of age. But Canada has experienced a sharper run-up in home prices than all group of seven nations. According to housing data collected by the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, nominal home prices in Canada expanded at an annual rate of approximately 16% during last year's fourth quarter compared to the prior three-month period. While few economists worry about a 2008-style housing crash in America, that's not the case in Canada, where real estate plays a larger role in the economy. During the final quarter of 2020, Canadian housing's share of gross domestic product was greater than 9%. In America, the corresponding proportion is less than 5%, and even during the height of the housing boom, it never exceeded 7%. 
for WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Remember about a year ago, as the pandemic was tearing through the economy and millions of people were losing their jobs, conventional wisdom suggested that the number of people filing for bankruptcy would skyrocket as unemployment surged and bills went unpaid. But as has often been the case during this lingering pandemic, economic outcomes have turned out to be radically different from those anticipated. As reported by the Wall Street Journal, consumer bankruptcy filings under Chapter 7 were down 22% last year compared to 2019, while individual filings under Chapter 13 declined 46% according to data from Epic. Under Chapter 13, an individual filing for bankruptcy can develop a plan to repay all or part of their debts. Under Chapter 7, a debtor's assets are liquidated and used to pay off creditors. Economists and bankruptcy attorneys indicate that federal suspensions of evictions, home foreclosures, and student loan obligations have helped to limit bankruptcies to date. The concern is that once government assistance ends, consumer bankruptcy filings could surge. Meanwhile, there has been a surge in commercial bankruptcy filings, which rose 29% last year as more than 7,100 businesses sought Chapter 11 protection from their creditors last year. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. America's campaign in Vietnam and in certain neighboring nations ended long ago. One might think that a war ending during the 1970s wouldn't have much salience today. And yet the impact of America's war in Vietnam continues to reverberate, including in neighboring Cambodia. As indicated by The Economist magazine, farmers usually consider themselves lucky if they have the opportunity to till fertile soil. But in Cambodia, such land often signifies danger rather than abundance. When the U.S. dropped an estimated 1.8 million tons of explosives on Cambodia during the Vietnam War, those bombs falling on harder ground generally detonated. But those falling on softer earth often did not. No one knows how many bombs remain in rich soil, but a paper by four Ohio State University academics who studied satellite images found that perhaps half of the munitions have not exploded. Since 1979, unexploded ordnance has killed at least 19,000 people in Cambodia, though some of that may have been the result of subsequent wars. Cambodia is home to the world's highest rate of amputees. What's more, many farmers remain reluctant to farm fertile areas, which is associated with some farmers losing 40% or more of their potential incomes. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.